Hello and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now and then we talk about them. I am the fiancé. And I'm Drew. And welcome to our live theatre season. Yes indeed, we have already seen this musical. Yes, yeah, we're about to do a nice four week run of some live shows. Mm -hmm. Two that we will have seen before in film format. Yep. And two that we will have never seen before or at least me because yes. starting today with everyone's talking about jamie and of course we covered the film back in september and you can go back into our archives to listen to our thoughts on the amazon prime movie adaptation of everybody's talking about jamie yes this is going to be a little bit less in depth than that because obviously we have already seen the film so you know the plot. Yes. And there isn't that much difference. And we've talked as well about Jamie from the BBC Three documentary up until the stage show being designed and then the film being adapted from there. So we've talked a lot about the history of this show already. So definitely go back into our archives and listen to that one. And if you haven't, pause this episode, go back, download that episode and then come back and join us. Yes. Because I didn't like the movie. I it was a, <laughs> I didn't like the movie either and I'd seen the stage show already. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I enjoyed the movie at times. Yes. But I certainly didn't get the Jamie hype, which was disappointing because this is a show that I've been very excited to see. Yeah. It's been high up on my theatre wish list for a while. I know there's a lot of students I teach who really identify with this and this has empowered them and helped them when they've seen it. Mm -hmm. So I was really disappointed by the film. And you kept telling me through that episode, they changed this. They changed this. They've cut this. They've cut this. Or, you know, and it didn't feel like we got the true Jamie new experience with mm -hmm. the film. We obviously talked a lot about Richard E. Grant as Hugo and the changes made to, is it Loco Chanel? Yes. I always want to say Coco Chanel. Yeah, that's the point though. <laughs> so there's a lot of changes there and we talked in depth about our concerns with that casting, which will extend today, I think. Yeah. Because we've got Shane Ritchie playing Hugo slash Loco Chanel. Mm-hmm. But I am excited because I, I originally booked tickets for this for July of 2020. Mm -hmm. And obviously that never happened. And we've delayed, delayed, delayed. Finally getting a chance to see his life. I hope it offers some redemption for Jamie. Yep. Because I don't think I'll ever watch the film again. Mm -hmm. So you've seen the stage show, but not in person. Yeah. So how have you seen the stage show? So they filmed the stage show and released it in cinemas for a limited run probably about five years ago. Yeah. Ish now. It's often used in schools because a lot of high schools study everybody's talking about Jamie as part of the drama curriculum. Yes. So I went to see it when it was in the cinema and it was it is just basically the same as the Hamilton pro shot. It's just filmed the stage show, they haven't changed anything and just did a nice filmed version of it on the stage, which was really, really good. And I very much enjoyed that version of it. So we are very lucky that we get to see an established Jamie. 
that they have cast Leighton Williams mm -hmm. and he has played Jamie in the West End. Yeah. I like Leighton Williams. I know him from Bad Education. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited when I saw, and actually I think that was a big part that made me want to see Jamie even more because it was an act I really enjoyed what I'd seen him in. And yeah. felt like quite pleased and happy to see him having this platform, you know, to see the, the growth of his career. Yeah. We have got quite a, you know, good cast as well. I look at the cast list. We've got, you know, a Britain's Got Talent winner. Yeah. Curiously playing Dean, which is weird. So we've got George Sampson. Yeah, who I was reading was in Street Dance too, And I actually recognise him now that I've seen that. Yeah. Which is very funny. Do you remember there was a weird, like, I can't remember what it was promoting. I think it was a car or something, but they did Singing in the Rain, the adverts, but they, like, modernised it with a little bit of street dance and the mm -hmm. song was hip-hop. It was him dancing in that advert and then they'd, like, adjusted or CGI to make it look like... Gene Kelly? Yeah. Right. So, interesting that he's our villain character. Because mm -hmm. he's Dean. Dean is the one who's... The homophobe. Yes. Yeah. Which we also is... have Lara Denning as Miss Hedge, who we've seen before. Have we? Yes. Because she's in the filmed version of Ruthless. She is Louise Lerman. Oh. And then also Eve, which I believe is the grandmother. Yeah, the one who then comes at the end and is like, you, you is, is, is pretending to be the um, assistant. Yes. Oh, cool. That's very, very... So you've seen her live then, because that was the cast yeah, you saw? Yeah, I saw her in Ruthless live, and then we saw her in the film. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's really cool. Shane Ritchie is playing Hugo like a Chanel. Mm -hmm. I will admit, before we go into this, I don't know much about Shane Ritchie outside of EastEnders. Brief period of time where he hosted... Uh, guess the lyrics or some kind of karaoke show where you would like who wants to be a millionaire but you'd progress by singing the blanks uh, of songs right I don't know much about him but I'm not sold on his casting as Hugo I think mm. very similar reasons to what we talked about with Rich D. Grant this role is an important Part of helping Jamie come to terms with his sexuality. It's not even really his sexuality because, like, he was already out. Yes. That's the whole joke. It's like Jamie knew the boy's so nice he came out twice. Yes. And so everybody know, already knows that he's gay, but this is him finding himself in a sort of further way. So having this gay drag queen character is supposed to be really affirming for him because he's also a father figure yes. to Jamie and every single version I've seen of it has cast a straight man in that role which is interesting yeah and that that disappoints me yeah and I'm sure we'll have stuff to say about Shane Ritchie's performance separately to the casting but we don't agree with the casting no. in this. You know, and this is the thing. I, th I think it would be the same if you cast a straight actor as Jamie. Yeah. It, it's such an important part of this story. Mm -hmm. And we, we've talked in depth multiple times on this podcast about our views on casting the right people, full stop. This isn't just an LGBTQ plus representation thing. 
We've talked about it with Miss Saigon. We've talked about it in a lot of different circumstances and instances. Yeah. But I do think it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think when we when we do come back after seeing it at the new Victoria Theatre in Woking, we'll try to talk about Shane Ritchie's performance on the merits of what's presented in front of us. Yeah. Forgetting maybe a little bit about that. But it is difficult. It, it kind of, it's one of those things, isn't it, that this is such an important show. Yeah. And you undermine your message a little bit by doing this. The other thing I remember about the film is how depressing it was at times. And I remember saying to you, like, the flow of the songs, especially through Act Two, doesn't work Mm. because it's downbeat, 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 downbeat. And I thought this was a big, high energy, really, like, fun musical. Yeah. And you kept saying to me, it should be, but they cut a song. They cut a couple of songs. Yeah, so I'm excited to see the songs that should be there. And hopefully, you know, the second half of the show won't lose my focus like the film did because there's no energy to it. Yeah, the the issue that I had with the film was they took a lot of the songs from the sort of second act and not only cut them down a bit, but also change the sort of, it's not even the orchestration, it's just the overall tone of them. So they became a lot more depressing. Yeah. Where in the stage version, they're still quite upbeat. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about them when we go to them, but it's interesting. It's an interesting choice. Yeah, because I think, you know, you go in something like Les Mis and you kind of expect that it's going to be a, a slog. Mm. And you go in with that in mind and anyone who goes into Les Mis and isn't expecting that clearly doesn't, you know, (laughs) clearly hasn't seen the connotations of the miserables, you know? Yeah. This one, because it does look so glitzy, glamorous, you don't expect it. Mm -hmm. So it is quite jarring. So I'm hoping that won't be an issue. Yes. Is there anything that you really want them to have changed? I want the legend of Loco Chanel back. Correct. You that's s- the only thing I want because that song is my favourite song from this show and I don't know why they And there's it. a part of me that's concerned that, be- you know, because the film's, because the film's been a thing now, there's a part of me that's concerned that maybe they'll change it. That they'll change it and they'll make it more like the film because how many people are coming to watch Jamie because of the film? Hmm. And I don't know if that's ever happened before. I don't know if that ever happens that like the musical adaptations of the film come out and then they add songs into it. Obviously, I know that Andrew Lloyd Webber is notorious for adding things or, you know, changing his musicals like Starlight Express constantly changes. Yeah. But there hasn't been like a film adaptation of Starlight Express. But I don't know if things change because, oh, well, this song was in the film and actually it's quite a nice song. So let's add it in. Hmm. So I can't think of any examples of that, but I'm sure that's happened. That must have happened, yeah, somewhere down the line. Because you think of like the Lion King stage musical has songs from the second Lion King movie. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, because He Lives in You yeah. isn't from the Lion King. Which is great because it's the best song in the Lion King series. It is. 
Yeah, and obviously, you know, Frozen, they've added newer songs and some of them were cut from Frozen. But then they've also they... added references to Frozen 2. Yeah, I mean, this is, I'm still surprised they didn't put Frozen 2 songs in. I'm glad they didn't. Add them to it, yeah. So I guess that's, I want to see this, I, I want to see Jamie in the format it's always been mm. up until the film. I don't mind if maybe because it's set modern day and age. I wouldn't mind if there are like references to, you know, movements or things that have happened, you know, during the pandemic, you know, whilst it was on, you know, on a hiatus because theatres weren't open. Yeah, I wouldn't mind at all if maybe they reference other things. But I hope there's more about the stage show than there is the film of this. Yeah. In terms of changing... I think I'd like more character development from like ensemble characters. I remember complaining about like mum's best friend that she's in one or two scenes, but nothing after that point. Right. Yes. I remember also feeling I, I didn't like Jamie in, in like the second act of the play. Of the film. The, yeah. Of the film because they became more me, 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 which I guess is like the arc. Mm-hmm. But I think because there's not like the depth to some of our ensemble characters, yeah, it doesn't help Jamie. So I wonder if that's something I'm gonna I'm gonna like Jamie more consistently. Yes, it's definitely dealt with differently. I'm curious as well to see how Miss Hedge changes because I know there's like moments where you've said to me. On stage, this happens. On stage, this happens. On stage, this happens. Mm -hmm. And you also, I remember you telling me that they've added things to Miss Hedge that weren't in the play for the sake of the film. Yeah, just because she ended up with more screen time than she normally has. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if, like, she still hits the same way or maybe is she worse? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I think, and I'll say this as well, final thing from me that I'm, I'm worried about is obviously track record of going to a theatre and we watch something with LGBTQ plus characters, themes, etc. The audience doesn't always react in a favourable way. Yes. And that's just how life works, (laughs) basically. Yeah. So I'm worried about that. Yeah, because every time we've seen something, there's been slurs used in a way that is relevant to the story but has then had responses from the audience where they're like oh they said the f word ha 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 so funny and it's like no you weren't supposed to laugh at that yes you're supposed to feel the seriousness of why that's so bad and you can go back to our priscilla queen of the desert episode for much more on that because that was a really uncomfortable experience in the theater Mm -hmm. so i guess those are the things that worry me most things I want to see changed. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, I'm not going to say because I've seen both already. So Okay, fair enough. I, I shall tell you about the things that I like better. But you're definitely hoping it's more of the cinema live pro shot yes. than, than the film. The film. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's time to go to Sheffield. Yes, indeed. Via the new Victoria Theatre. Yep. And, you know, Jamie knew... A story so nice we covered it twice. Yes, indeed. We will be back to talk about the live version of Everybody's Talking About Jamie very shortly after intermission. Mm-hmm.
on the wall and it's moving too slow it's got hours to kill and a lifetime to go and I'm holding my breath till I hear the last bell then I'm coming out hard and I'm giving them hell cause I'm a superstar and you don't even know it in a one bra and you don't even know it you're so blah blah and you don't even know it I'm like au revoir and you don't even know it and we are back we sure are we've been to the wonderful new Victoria Theatre and Jamie has had some redemption yes indeed because this was so much better I I loved it it's it's obviously still got some things we'll talk about but I, I had a blast. Mm -hmm. And this is what the film should have been. Yeah. I want to talk about the theatre itself very quickly before we go into the show. They did a fantastic job at the interval, I thought. At, you know, the natural synergy of everybody's talking about Jamie and getting representatives from Pride in Surrey. Yes. It was I... really cool. And they had all the tables... In the lovely press area where we hang out during the interval. Yes. With different pride flags on them. Yeah. Which was very, very cool. But and, I just... And also pride flags that you don't normally see at these kind of things. Like they had the asexual flag and the yeah. non-binary flag there, which was really nice. Yeah. And I think especially because of the way this show is, mm -hmm. there will be a lot of people that maybe don't understand. There is a lot of, a lot of younger people with parents yeah and i think that's a really important step in talking about lgbtq plus representation yes and the people from pride in surrey were doing a really good job at mm -hmm. going around talking to different people about you know what they do but also i guess why the conversation is important so we got to speak uh someone called morgan he was lovely very very passionate and i thought that was a really nice extra step yeah for this show because there were unfortunately we talked about our worries going into this show there were unfortunately moments where the audience laughed at things they shouldn't mm-hmm and it is uncomfortable. But I, I think the difference between this and Priscilla is the theatre had a safe space, or at least a, a, a space to talk about things. Yes. That could at least prompt a conversation, as opposed to just leaving it mm. as this, this laughter. Yeah. So that was really, really nice. Yeah, it really was. I was surprised by how well it's so it's so stupid i shouldn't be surprised that people are like supportive anymore 
But it's still a weird thing that like, I was like, oh my God, they have all these flags and this is great. And then we were chatting to some of the guys from Pride in Surrey. I just want to call them Surrey Pride. And they were really lovely. It was just a nice, inclusive space. And then like you say, people laughed at the wrong things while we were in there. But that is... But actually, I found it was more uncomfortable the first act. Mm. And certainly in the second act where things get worse the audience were reacting the right way. Yes. So there's a part in like the opening basically where Jamie says, oh, I was away with the fairies. And I think it's Dean. It's always Dean. Says something about getting done over a toadstool. Yeah. And people in the audience laughed at that. And I was like, no, no, (laughs) no, no. Yeah. Luckily, not the same way as Priscilla, where it's a lot of people and people we were sat by. I think we were actually sat by far more respectful people who who had the right reaction, which certainly made me feel more comfortable. Yeah. It's 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 in the same way that when Jamie says it and, you know, obviously it's different when Jamie says it because he, he mm. says to Dean, you can call me gay, but I am. So so why is that going to upset me or insult me? And when he lists off the, the things that he can be called. Yeah. Again, that's not a point of laughter. It's a point of Jamie... Empowering himself. Empowering himself. But mm-hmm. you still had people laughing with like, oh, ho, ho, ho. And he, you know, but certainly in the second act where you do have a lot more... A lot more homophobia as well. That I felt like the reactions were what they should be. And maybe that is because Pride and Surrey were there to talk to people. Yeah. And clearly the theatre was representing the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. and maybe that had a good impact but something I really enjoyed you know and it was it was nice to be there and part of that I I think the set for this is brilliant we're not going to do a full breakdown again those of you who have listened to our everybody's talking about Jamie episode we've talked about the plot in depth mm-hmm. I guess what we're looking for here is how the stage show works. Yeah. And we all talk about the different songs and different performers and different moments that we felt were really good and maybe moments that we didn't enjoy. Yeah. But for me, I think instantly the set design stood out. This wasn't one where we came into the theatre and we were like, we could see everything. The safety curtain was down and it came up. And you could see the band getting ready on like the top floor mm-hmm. and you could see them behind. And we were, we were joking that it looked like our school, you know, and the way the backdrop worked was really, really nice that it did just look like a standard comprehensive school. Yeah. But I think the set was so great because you had this facade that then had these awesome projections and videos that could be gone over it. But also you had this nice bit of the facade that was on hinges that could open up into Jamie's house and then shut again yeah like a picture book basically i really liked it and i thought the set was such a great part of this show so you got this video design as well so that's luke halls who's worked on that and the videos cropping up at different moments mm-hmm. was fantastic so it helped to move the scenes forward so like when we're inside jamie's house or when we're on the street outside jamie's house you see just houses and roofing and that was brilliant yeah and then when we're in pretty's room you get the universe and the stars and it just became really nice that instead of having all these different moments where you're trying to uh, reset the staging nice and simple 
but a really and, and, but a nice high tech modern set, which I yeah. really liked. So our opening song is "And You Don't Even Know It," which is brilliant. Pretty much the same as the film. This this is super interesting because obviously I saw the stage show before. When the stage show was on in the West End, originally they had a thrust stage. Good, you're learning. Yep. <laughs> it's always helpful. As opposed to what did we see it? Uh, compendium arc. Proscenium arch. That was close. Slash end on, yes. <laughs> yeah. A normal theatre. <laughs> a normal theatre, yes. Yeah, so what they had on the stage in the west end was when the tables are all put together they light up on the top yeah but you can see it better because you're all around it mm-hmm. and also the stage was set up a little bit lower so people could see it top down yes whereas in this they still light up but you can't see it as well the only way you could really see it was on jamie's shoes yes like as he was walking or if you're in the circle from our perspective i wouldn't even know it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think what I really like about this is obviously you start with Miss Hedge doing her, you know, what do you want to do when you leave in two weeks, year 11. But the way this works is really... She's not a good teacher, No, she? she's not a good teacher at all. Even just in the sense, not in like what happens after this, but like the way that she's talking to them. She should be trying to instill that, okay, you want to be a YouTuber, you need to start right now learning video editing sound design oh yeah like these things are important so you need to work hard but instead she's like you'll never make it as as a youtuber or a footballer or a singer well this is it and it's it's less inspiring more just like and i can understand it's like yeah that's great and i hope it works out for you but what are you going to have as your backup just in case Mm -hmm. even pretty who has worked phenomenally hard she's like and if you don't make it as a doctor because you might not you can always just be a vet or work in boots She's not inspiring them. Doesn't it take longer to be a vet than it does to be a doctor? I have no idea. I think it does. But it's like, it's not aspirational at all. She's given up on them. You know, and you can see it's because she's somebody who hates her job. So why should she inspire others? Yeah, well, she has her her line in, and you don't even know it, which is, um, no use preaching, so I gave up teaching. Yeah. And she's just here. You know? But what what I also like in terms of the staging of this moment is we don't we just see Jamie's back yeah. throughout all this scene until Leighton Williams turns round and starts singing. I think that's fantastic in mm-hmm. terms of your reveal of this character is as we go into his head. Yeah. One of the things as well that I really like is they they're sat at these desks that they can move the seats in and it makes like a really satisfying noise as they clip it in. And it's all, it's like a nice clunk, yeah. And it's timed really well with the music, mm-hmm. and the you know it's a big part of the choreography. It's like, you know, clunking it in and moving it to create catwalk for Jamie. But this is a really good song to start the world off in because it's really engaging. It's really high energy, but it sets up Jamie brilliantly. Yeah. We obviously have you know similar beats of the homophobia from Dean. We have the moment with the nice shoes miss, but we don't have her going outwardly homophobic like she was from the start of the film. Well, she does say when Dean makes his comment, she says, I'll pretend I didn't hear that. Yes. Again, but, which we're like, come on. Yes, but there's because I remember in the film being like, right, straight away, I hate her because she actually says something to him. Yeah. 
Well, she acts like it's Jamie's fault that Dean's saying this yes. to him. And you're like, okay. One of the things throughout, and I guess we'll talk about it now with her and Dean, the film certainly added more to both of them. They don't feel as big in this. That's because we're so much more from Jamie's perspective, whereas the film decided to show us more of the world that Jamie's in, yes. which is an interesting choice. I think she spent more time with Owen Fobes. It's a shame because obviously you've got two very talented performers who I think are doing a really good job with their performance here to bring Dean and Miss Hedges to life. Yeah. But they feel more reduced to part of the ensemble than other characters. And it's great because Ray gets promoted and has a lot more moments, which helps mum mm -hmm. have more moments. But it's to the detriment of these two characters. We don't have... And I found this really interesting. We don't have these moments like in the film where Miss Hedges, you can tell she prefers Dean and she's ignoring things that Dean can have prom. Yeah. Which we both said how much we dis disliked the idea that she's championing someone who clearly doesn't deserve it. Yeah, especially because there's that whole plot line through the film where she's like trying to make sure he goes to his exam and then in the end he doesn't and yes. she blames Jamie for it. That isn't in here. No. Which is nice. The only thing we get from Miss Hedges that almost humanises her a little bit is the bit where she's leaving a voicemail for somebody she had a date with two weeks ago. My God. That's exactly the thing I wanted to talk about with her. What even is that? What's the point of that? Because I, I don't remember that at all. No. And, and I took it to be almost she's so miserable with her life. Nothing's going her way at all. Yeah. I, I still don't I, I still don't want to humanise her and I still don't care for her. You know, and obviously, yes, it's a shame that this, this woman is miserable in her private life. Yeah. Which then has an impact on her professional life. And it's almost saying it's like if if she was happy outside of school, would she be nicer to Jamie? But why should I care? She is this this homophobe character, isn't she? That, but it, it doesn't feel explicitly homophobic here. It feels more, I guess, narrow minded. Yeah, and maybe that's something that they wanted, and like that's what they were going for. But it doesn't. Yeah, at least with the film, maybe the one thing the film did better than this. You felt like she was a homophobe. She was she was supporting the other homophobe in Dean because of her like bigoted nature towards Jamie. Yeah. Whereas here it just felt like I'm just doing this because I don't understand it and I don't care to, which is still homophobic, but it didn't feel as explicit and I feel I, I want to know more about why yeah. she's She's like this. It's a, a shame because Lara Denning, she was great as her. You know, some nice moments with the, the, the dancing. Mm -hmm. There's some really nice moments with her performance. Yeah. Just wanted a little bit more. I really like the second scene. And again, how these, they turn the desks around and it becomes the wall. Yeah. And I think Ray and Margaret get so much more in the musical. 
you know whereas you get th- this opening scene in the film that's them preparing for Jamie's birthday but mm. Ray isn't really ever seen again why should I care about her yeah she's not really in it that much whereas in this she is clearly a big part of Jamie's life to the point of basically being a second mom yeah it's like it starts off as kind of like you know you got that auntie that is like your dad or your mom's best friend who's no blood relation to you but it's like your auntie yeah we do get another homophobic comment from Miss Hedge in this, though, because when she calls them in for the yes. meeting, Ray comes with them, and Miss Hedge is like, I don't even know why you're here. Ray puts her hand on Margaret's shoulder and says, I'm family, and Miss Hedge is like, oh, well, this is unconventional. I can see where Jamie gets it from. And oh, you're yeah, like, that, oh, come on. Yeah, I, that that is a nice... How is she not fired? ...like, horrible <laughs> moment. And again, because there's, there's no head teacher. Whereas she has to run things by like a head teacher in the film. Yeah. She's the one, sole one making this decision here. Like, how does she have this authority? I think she's meant to be the head of year 11. Which is weird because she's is basically that why a she tutor. teaches them careers? Maybe. I thought she was like their tutor and that was their tutor time because it's the start of the day. I think it's like PSHE. Yeah. I really like the wall in my head here. I think it worked a little bit better than the film did. Yeah, because they kept... The One of the biggest issues with the film was that they kept panning away from people singing. And it happens a lot in movie versions of musicals is obviously when it's a stage musical, we're happy to sit and watch a performer sing out to us in the audience because that's the expectation of theatre. Yeah. But people who make movies don't like to stay on one person just singing for, you know, three minutes or however long because that feels like dead air. Yes. But... Instead, they cut away to other things. So we had Jamie cutting away to him as a little boy, dressing up as in his mum's dress and his dad walking in and all that stuff. And it was like, we get it. We understand that that's what's happened because he's telling us. We need to focus on Jamie and the emotion that he's feeling. And And this this is so good. Yeah, because Leighton Williams' performance is just so raw. Mm. I, I, I... I think he nails Jamie because he captures the fun of Jamie and like the confidence of Jamie, but also has moments where he's so vulnerable. Yeah. He's, he's still a teenager. You know, you could forget this about Jamie, you know, teenagers, you know, especially at this point, he's 16 about to be a school leaver. He thinks he knows everything, but he doesn't. He's still got a lot of learning because he has no real world experience yet. Mm. and i think leighton williams does such a good job here at capturing that vulnerability but also capturing the fun of jamie yeah because he's a kid yeah i still think that the film version of jamie was very very good at doing that you know you felt that vulnerability you felt that confidence Mm -hmm. but i think you know even 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 when Jamie makes a bad choice in the stage show, you're still rooting for him because you understand it more. But I think because the film shows him making even more decisions and you're just like, just listen to the adults here. It gets more frustrating. Yeah. And tough to, because he keeps making mistake after mistake after mistake. Whereas here, he makes a mistake, but he then listens at least to people. Mm. But yeah, the wall in my head's great. I love the scene beforehand where they, they give him the shoes and he gets his card, which is a car on, you know, Ray's reactions to everything as well. 
it's a really nice moment. It really does make you feel like they are his family. He just hasn't seen that yet. Yeah. I, get, I think I understand what you mean. Yeah. We cut to the prom committee. Obviously, Pretty is... Yeah, they think that they're at prom committee and they're actually not. That's in the next room. Pretty's at year 11 revision. Yes, Jamie comes in and Pretty's like, you can go do prom planning with them if you want. And Jamie is like, no, you're my friend. I'm, I'm here to be with you. But also, I need to revise. Mm-hmm. And he gets his shoes out and tells Pretty. And I do like the way Pretty has the conversation with him. You know, like in the film, I think it's an important thing and it's obviously a safe... You you can tell how much they mean to each other because Pretty can ask the questions and Jamie will answer. Yeah. And I think that works really nicely that he's he says, this doesn't mean I'm a girl. I'm a boy who likes dressing up as a girl some of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really nice moment. And obviously you can you can get their bond. What's the funny bit during our performance? There was a fly or something on stage. Oh my god, it was amazing. We've been doing really well with like random stuff happening during performances that we're seeing recently, notably the Great Pinston, which we <laughs> will always live in infamy. But there was, I think it was a fly, just sort of buzzing around the stage. And as Jamie was saying his lines, it got right up into his face. <laughs> but it was as Leighton Williams turned his head and he screamed. He did, great. but he got his composure. He just kept going. But it was a really funny moment. It was just moment. like in character. Could, yeah. yeah. But, you know, again, it was really, you know, I, it's a testament to how professional he is that he just kept going. You know, it, it distracted him for a moment, but he kept going. Yeah. And I really like Spotlight because you know, pretty plants the seeds of the idea that this is what you should do. You should go to prom then. Yeah. And, you know, because Jamie hasn't been able to take these shoes outside the house or, you know, that they're, they are very much a thing I wear in the house, mm-hmm. but not outside of it. Yeah. And it's pretty who inspires him and says, you can do this. Mm-hmm. And he puts them on and it's a really nice moment. And you, you get the spotlight reprise star of the show where Jamie's singing as well. But I liked, you know, as Pretty singing, the Year 11 girls in the background doing, like, the cup song, you mm-hmm. know, tapping and moving. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And added a nice layer to it. Yeah, it's cute. Pretty was pa- played by Sharon Full. And I apologise if I got that wrong. Mm-hmm. She was brilliant. Yeah, she was amazing. She was in bunch like Beckham the musical which I never ended up getting to see but they were on a couple of tv shows and I watched all of the performances for that and she was amazing in that too yeah I really liked her I thought she did a really good job and you know again because sometimes I just found pretty a little annoying in the film in the film Mm -hmm. but in this and maybe it is just there's a difference between theatre and film that the way that you have to act certain things yes I liked it. I thought it was a really, really nice moment. This whole scene establishes their bond fantastically. And then Jamie goes to Victor's Secret. Yes. Not the tuck shop. They're both good names, to be fair, for for a drag store. Yeah, I like the joke of the whole... No, no, it's Victor's Secret. Victor's Secret is the one he doesn't tell his wife. Yes. And then he's like, oh, I was going to call it the tuck shop. And Jamie doesn't react. And the audience all laughed. Yeah. And then he was like, okay, fine, whatever, leave it. Before we talk about like what actually happens in the scene, this is one of my favourite set changes as well. Mm-hmm. 
because we have like in the lighting rig above the stage there's two like uh compartments that come down and it's with the mannequins in them the yeah. mannequins with loco chanel's dresses and like like a little museum mm-hmm. and i thought it was really cool and the way the stage transforms we get you know all these different parts that make it the shop so you've got the desk that hugo sat at you obviously get the rack that has the clothes on you get a little changing area yeah but the change of the lighting colors as well for this is really good like it does feel a little bit more glitz it's almost like jamie's not in sheffield anymore he's gone over the rainbow (laughs) okay no but you know that is the moment where you know we're not in kansas anymore he's he's actually for the first time in somewhere that and this is why it's such a shame that hugo is a a straight actor he's in the first place that actually feels like a safe haven to him mm-hmm. even if it's a little bit outside his comfort level yeah something that represents more to him than what he's getting in school yeah shane ritchie i think shane ritchie does you won't be disappointed by the legend of loco chanel the song is high energy and very well performed mm-hmm. he has a wonderful voice yes that's the thing we we enjoyed shane ritchie's performance he's a really good performer and he did wonderfully well in this role but it just all will always feel disingenuous because yeah. of the casting one of the things i've said that i liked is when he is loco his gestures work because he's a drag queen however when he does the same effeminate gestures as hugo it doesn't work and it does feel borderline offensive caricature of a gay man yes it doesn't reach james corden in prom levels but Mm, it gets close it gets it does get close and it's such a shame. Like I say, I, I don't mind it when he is loco. That you know, you have straight drag queens. Yeah, that's fine. But it's 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 when it's Hugo, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. I do think this scene works a heck of a lot better with this song as opposed to "This Was Me" in the yeah. film. Yeah, and we talked so in-depth about that in our movie coverage, but The Legend of Loco Chanel and The Blood Red Dress is my favourite song from this show. Yes. Because I love the theatricality. We love, specifically when stage shows have somebody telling a story and the story happening behind them. We talked about it when we went to see Little Women, and we also are going to be talking about Goosebumps, the musical, and that is our sort of headcanon staging for some of that show. But it's so well done some of the jokes that are embedded in the lyrics like johnny was an agent not a gent yes which is so funny and clever and just it's it's so important to the story that jamie learns this story and then they cut it from the film and this is the thing with the film this was me is talking about a gay man's very very sad history Mm. And is kind of making Jamie aware of LGBTQ plus history. Yeah. You know, that... Which, in in the stage show, happens through talking to 
Hugo and to the other drag queens. Yes. But they cut that from the film instead and put yeah. this song in. And the difference with this is that this isn't this isn't an, a real story. This is a fictional story of Loco Chanel. This is her backstory. Mm-hmm. And this is Hugo teaching Jamie about a vital part of drag is who is your persona and coming up with all of this. Mm-hmm. Like Jamie's naivety that he thinks this is real is fantastic. Yeah, and he has to learn that it's not all as it seems. Well, Obviously, that's the point. And this is the thing is like, especially when Jamie becomes me, 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 he thinks he has to be me, me, me all the time because it's actually the side of him that has never come out yet. Yeah. And he goes like, no, Loco Chanel is a character I play. Yes. Jamie you need to goes, know the difference. Yeah, like Jamie goes method. He thinks he's got to be me, me, me all the time. Whereas mm-hmm. Hugo's like, no, I'm Hugo. But when I put on the blood red dress. Yeah. 20 buttons and a strap. I become Loco Chanel and this is her history because I've I've given a backstory to this character I'm playing. But that's the difference here. And I, something I think the film didn't understand is the fact that it's not supposed to be real. Mm. Which then means when Jamie goes full me, me, me in the film, it yeah. doesn't work as well. Yeah. But this is such a, a brilliantly staged bit where you've got obviously Loco coming out and doing their scene and they kill their boyfriend slash agent because he's having it off with a younger act, a younger act. And that's how it becomes the blood red dresses because it's stained with the blood of her agent of Johnny and having it happen whilst Shane Ritchie's performing in, on this like glitzy mic is really really good and you won't be disappointed by his performance like it is a really great song it is just you know the extras he does as hugo Mm -hmm. and i think you were saying to me we were talking about like does hugo need to be a a gay character or could they change it yeah so when when we were in the theater watching this i was thinking about well if you really desperately have to have Shane Ritchie playing this character, because he's good, that's fine. Why not have Hugo be straight and have that be a point for Jamie to be like, look, not all drag queens are gay and not all drag queens are men. You know, it's an interesting, it would be an interesting discussion about the fluidity of drag. Yeah. But the point of the character is that he is this gay drag queen father figure for Jamie to look up to and to learn from. So it's important that your representation is real. Yes. And not performative. Yeah. And that I think is the issue that it should be, it should be that Hugo's gay and it should be a gay performer. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Shane Ritchie, I think he does a good job. Yeah. It just is a shame that, you know, there are some creative choices, mm-hmm. especially because this show has changed because they reference COVID during a lot of these things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk about that. They keep they reference. <laughs> this <laughs> is set in the real world and it's supposed to be set now. So like post COVID. Oh, we didn't get too close. We kept our masks on. I like, feel like this is set a year ago, maybe when we are still like within heavy COVID restrictions and they've started easing. But yeah. You know, they talk about going speed dating, Ray and Margaret, and her having the mask on. Like what's the point? 
Yeah, what's the point in going speed dating when you can't see anybody's face anyway? Yeah, there's a lot of COVID references. And actually that works because I think changing this story and clearly setting it in this post-pandemic world or say post-pandemic world, mm-hmm. unfortunately that feels like the perception of everything, whether or not I agree with that it, it, it is a separate issue. Yeah. But actually, I think that's really good and really important that with Jamie as a musical, this doesn't have to stay set in 2010, 2015. You can keep performing this and reference different things. So in 2030, you can make references that are still appropriate. Yeah. And I think that's very, very cool about this story because it's always going to be important about empowering LGBTQ youth. Mm-hmm. And making those changes. You know, hopefully this story will someday be set in a backdrop where the world is far more inclusive. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I was just thinking. Was like, I, I hope that at some point in the future this show is considered, like, unrelatable. If people are like, wow, people used to not be inclusive of this stuff. Yeah. But that, that's not happening anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah, I think, you know, I hope that it's someday set in the backdrop of, like, this is why we're lucky to live in the world we, we live in now, because... People sucked. People, there were trailblazers that had to go through all this hardship mm-hmm. just to be themselves. You know, we live in a world where people still don't use pronouns correctly Yeah, for certain people. But I, I like... I, I like that it references COVID, but not in a way that's like panto and kind of like silly. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, it's just part of the world. It's just part of the accepted world. Because there are still some silly things like, you know, you have this bit where they come in act two and she's got like a twox and a cat kit from the market. They're like off brand things that can be a little bit silly and panto. Oh yeah, it was like a morp bar yeah. or something. So the fact that the COVID things were dealt with like as just a little bit of context was nice if i met myself again you know we've got these nice moments with ray and margaret that we didn't have and i think you know between a pair of them we had uh, the understudy ray lisa marie holmes who did brilliant mm-hmm. i loved her presence i loved her energy <laughs> she's just sat buttering toast through this scene as they're talking and obviously she's being far more upfront with margaret about you need to tell jamie about things we've met jamie's dad briefly and it's here where he mentions he's having another son we don't see jamie's dad as much in the stage show as the film but i think it's better it really does open up one of those questions where you're like why do you think that this son isn't going to be gay like why have you decided that in your head that your new son is going to be the straight one that plays football. He was well, like, he's a horrible, terrible person, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I that's think a he, very interesting. I think it's because he blames it on Margaret. Yeah. Because he says, you got the son you wanted. Yeah. It was always the two of you in your little club. Like. And he thinks it's, you know, the mother has made his son gay, but now he's with a straight woman, you know, Mm. who won't let that happen i like that he you know the dad character is used in two scenes yeah we have a scene with him and margaret in act one 
and then we have the scene with him and Jamie. That's it. We don't see Jamie go to a football club and embarrass himself. No, he's just out getting drunk at the bus stop. Yeah. We, I, I feel it works better because Dad's shadow is hanging over all of this. Like, throughout the whole thing. Jamie's got to come to terms with that. Yeah. You know, if you look at Jamie's arc through the whole thing, it's because of that moment where Jamie's dad said he was disgusting. Mm-hmm. And act one is about Jamie thinking that me, me, me will be the answer to everything. Yeah. And act two is Jamie realising that me, me, me isn't the answer to anything at all. Jamie's got to learn to love himself. Mm-hmm. Having Dad's shadow be cast over it more so and having the character used sparingly works better. And, you know, this scene here, especially because, like, you do get the sense that he uses Jamie's mum, that he's like, you know, give me a cigarette. And you always feel that... He's trying to make her feel like... It's emotional gaslighting, basically. He's like, oh, you understand me, though. Like, we were together before I was with my new wife or whoever you understand me or my new wife doesn't let me smoke but you let me smoke and it's that kind of like reeling her in keeping her on the line because if he then wants her back because it suits his needs he can do that yeah, yeah and you get the sense that like certainly you know if he wanted to at this point if he said to jamie's mum let's have one night for old time's sake jamie's mum probably would yeah and it means nothing to the dad because he's a scumbag yeah and obviously it ends with him talking about why do you still wear that necklace i got you if, I, if you don't care about me For then. For your 21st birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a nice reference. That I'm really glad that that is referenced because... It wh- comes back later. It does come back later. I I liked this moment during If... What was the song? I Met Myself Again. If I Met Myself... All right. I liked this, but I know you didn't. I'll, I'll explain why I liked it, and then you can explain why you dislike it. Mm-hmm. I like the singing, and I like the kind of weird like modern dance sequence to it yes the interpretive dance the interpretive dance almost like the rogers and hammerstein-esque ballet sequence yeah i liked it i think it's nice yeah why didn't you like it because i know that i said to you at the end i really liked how you're like nope so i'm very conflicting when it comes to dances in shows yeah nowhere else in this show is interpretive dance used in this way yes and nowhere else in this show are we given anything where a character tells some story and we're shown it this way not talking about the way that they do it in legend of loco chanel because it's very theatrical it's very drag and like we're seeing it in an over-the-top theatrical way. That makes sense in the context. But this, I think the reason why this is here is because when they were putting the show on, someone was like, this song is four minutes long and she repeats herself about four times. Should we maybe have something for the audience to look at while that's happening? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll put a little dance in. Where I don't know. It just, it comes across as very, like... If you asked the teenagers to put this show on, that's what they would do. I get your point that the, sh- the rest of the show as a whole doesn't do anything like this. Yeah, it doesn't this. link to anything else and it doesn't make any sense. So it just stands out as being something abnormal within the story. Yeah. Which is Whereas like-, like with things like 
I don't know, I love Matthew Bourne's shows and I love the way that he does his shows and you get a lot of these interpretive, I know he's a dance specialist, people, like yeah. specialist but his whole thing is about storytelling. So sometimes what he does is there'll be the main characters having their dance with the story and then we'll get characters dancing in the background to show their emotional story yeah. combined. I like it when it's done like that because it plays into the rest of the show. But this, I was just like, oh, you're just trying to distract me from the fact that this song has repeated itself over and over and over again and has gone on for too long. Is it safe to say then that If I Met Myself Again is your skip song? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I will be honest and I, I will say... I, I have another one that I'm like not about, but yeah. I will say this, that as a song, I think I remember it more for the dance. But I think Amy Ellen Richardson, who's playing Margaret, is a phenomenal singer. Oh, yeah. And when we get to He's My Boy, yeah. that song's incredible. Like, yes. And her performance of it is just so powerful. But this song, this this is the thing. It doesn't make any sense. This is why it doesn't make any sense. She sings He's My Boy later on, and it's functionally the same song. Yeah. And she's singing about how she feels about Jamie and how she would never ask him to change. But then also she repeats herself the same as she does in If I Met Myself Again. But they don't feel the need to give me something else to look at while she's singing that. It's, it's just a, a choice. It's a weird choice and I don't like it. It's a shame she doesn't have like a big uplifting number. That's what he's my boy supposed to be though. No, I know. But in the same way that like a high energy number, you know, like a proper everything is coming up Millhouse number. Mm. And, you know, this is it. We're not criticising her performance. Her performance is phenomenal. But I think I, I take your point that the song here is just kind of dead space otherwise. So what do we do to fill it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's my issue with it. So we go back to school and we know that Jamie's... So, so you know, Hugo has said to Jamie, you're going to have a chance to go and perform, which would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And obviously... Jamie's very excited about this and is preparing. And we are in the corridors. Everyone's talking about prom. People are saying to Pretty, are you going to prom? What are you going to wear? Pretty's a little unsure. And then we've got this really great cubicle set piece that's been wheeled on stage. And we see Jamie again from behind. Yep. And he turns to reveal the makeup His that's eyebrows, gone wrong. Yeah. And he calls Pretty in and, you know, Pretty's trying to help sort it out. And Miss Head shows up. And I think the staging of this is done very, very well. And the timing is spot on because as a teacher, if I walked past the toilets and I heard, you know, oh, you know, you're not allowed in my house. But will my dad say I'm not supposed to have boys in our, you would hear that. You'd be like, oh, my God, these kids are like hooking up in this bathroom. And I think that was very, very like Mm well-timed. And Miss Hedge's reactions are great when she's like, who's in there? And she opens up and Jamie tries jumping out the window and you just see, you know, Jamie's legs. Yes. And she's like, who's behind does that belong to? This is this is the thing where, like, at least in the film, we knew very, very early on about her motives and that she was not Jamie friendly. Mm-hmm. Here, it doesn't feel like she's she's not like completely down on Jamie. It's just down on everyone. Yeah. The only student it feels like she has any time for is Pretty. But that's because Pretty might be a success. So, Which is interesting as a choice because it's not like that 
in the film. They basically replaced that relationship yeah. with the whole Dean thing. So here it does feel particularly jarring when she's so negative to Jamie. Mm. And it's like, this is your point here. We're like, oh, she sucks. Yeah. Because it does feel completely out of nowhere where she's like, oh, okay, so if you are her work of art, come on, let's walk through the corridors. So even when Jamie's like, please, miss, just let me wash this off. No, because you're her canvas, Jamie. Mm -hmm. It feels far more malicious here because it comes out of nowhere, which I think is interesting. Yeah. I really like, and this is where we get a really nice bit of video design, that as Jamie's walking through the corridors through work of art, yeah, work of art, work of art, you get like the snapshots as the kids are taking pictures, which she's allowing, mm -hmm. but you see the snapshots on there and you obviously see the cat pictures that have been captured of Jamie, like with the eyebrows and you've got Jamie looking really distraught up on the video wall, Yeah, which is so cool. And I love when Jamie then turns it around and is, you know, Mm -hmm. I am a work of art. Go on then. Because again, it's more of This that... is what you made me. I am your work of art. Yeah. And it's more of what, you know, he does with Dean where he's like, you're not going to upset me. I'm going to turn this round. Mm -hmm. And then we end act one as we go over the top. Over the top, my friend. So I like this whole sequence, you know, backstage. I love the little moments with our different drag queens. So we have Trey Sophistique. Yes. Who is brilliant. Mm -hmm. We have Sandra Bullock. Yep. Again, fantastic. And Like a Virgin, which is a really, really good drag name. <laughs> and I do like this moment as they're all kind of getting themselves ready. We've had, as Jamie's going in to the club, Dean show up and be like, you know that we're all here and we will chant Minga at you as you come in. Yeah. You know, like, Dean sucks. And then Jamie goes but disappears. Doesn't, you know, can't do this. And you have this nice moment again where Ray and Margaret come in and they're enjoying this world that they know nothing about and just being, you know, having the jokes with our, our drag queens. Yeah. And Loco. And then they wish Jamie luck. There's this nice moment where mm. Jamie comes in, he's like, I can't do this. And Loco's like, everyone out. Everyone out. Yeah. And you have this moment where, you know, Loco is helping Jamie get ready. And the way they all come together to dress Jamie, like all these different queens dressing Jamie is lovely. Yeah. I do like the parallel of over the top and the war paint. Because obviously over the top was the term for you know, you're going on the battlefield, you know, yes. you're in the trench. I really like that comparison here. I think it's very, very fun that they are. They're like, these are the trenches. Yeah, these are the trenches before Jamie goes over the top. And it's a nice moment. And the double meaning of, like, acting over the top, obviously, yes. with the drag queens. And it's nice. And you get, it builds up to this nice moment of name her. Now, name her. Mm-hmm. And we get me, 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 and they're like, that's it. And we end act one with this really brilliant moment when Jamie is in full garb. Again, from behind. And then Jamie walks forward through the curtain. You hear all of all of the class chanting Minga, Minga, Minga. 
but you get this brilliant video as Jamie walks on stage and yeah. you see me, 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 mm-hmm. and act one ends. Yes. And, you know, that's that's the act one kind of arc, isn't it, of Jamie discovering his drag persona because that's going to be the answer to everything. Mm-hmm. And you feel really upbeat at the end of this. Jamie's overcome that. There are no issues anymore. Yeah. And that's why I like the act two. It's like, this isn't the answer. Jamie's going to have this moment on top and we're going to start with a really upbeat number in uh, Everybody's Talking About Jamie and limited edition prom night special, but then it's going to go back downhill because that, that's a moment of bliss, but it's not the answer he was looking for. Yeah. Act two starts with our titular song, Everybody's Talking About Jamie. <laughs> I really like this song and I think the energy is great. It's a really good way to engage us like post interval again. Mm-hmm. I especially like the moments when, you know, Miss Hedge tries speaking and then they go facing forward again and talk about things. And then they start whispering. And, yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting though that you've obviously got George Sampson. Mm-hmm. Dean. Yeah. But George Sampson, who's very much known for his dance ability. And he's just walking around looking downbeat and depressed and not actually in the dance at all. Yeah. Because obviously for Dean... It's not even downbeat. It's that all the people that were at Jamie's show know that Dean was causing problems and are now against him because Jamie was so good. Yes. And it's like, you know, he's got a little bit of comeuppance here. But it's so interesting that he's not involved in the dance and he's so good. Mm-hmm. But this is, a you know, a fun song. Obviously, Jamie comes in as me, me, me. Yes. With the big eyelashes. Miss Hedge tries saying that that's against uniform policy. And Jamie, quite correctly, turns around and says, I checked. On the girls' uniform, you're not allowed to wear this kind of makeup, but it says nothing but makeup on the boys' uniform. Yes. And you have, as everyone else leaves, Dean tries to confront Jamie and... Obviously, Jamie turns around and says, you have no power over me anymore. Mm-hmm. You said I was a minger. I'm not a minger. Yeah, and Jamie kisses him on the cheek. This yes. is a change that I appreciate. I'm, I much prefer the cheek. Obviously. It's obviously a COVID restriction. It's obviously a COVID but restriction. I like it better because it's not like a... Assault. Yes. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something I disliked about the film because it is an assault and it's it's like Jamie should know better. So I liked this version, this, this difference. Yeah. And then we get a song that we didn't have in the first film version that we covered. And another one I liked, you know. Oh, this is solving your Ray problem. Yes. Because we have this little bit of a moment with Ray and Margaret. They're talking about things, you know, talking about how proud they are of Jamie. And then Jamie comes down in prom dress. It lights up. It lights up. And, you know, actually, I quite like that mum says, Jamie, do you think this is a little too much? Mm-hmm. I still support you and everything, but you're you're losing the point of what this was supposed to be. Which yeah. is a nice moment. But then you have this great moment again where Ray's like no you look great Jamie and we have this really fun number between the pair of them mm-hmm. which is important because Ray is is such a 
big character to Jamie. And is another maternal figure to him. Yes. And the film lacks that. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, it's kind of throughout, we know that Jamie's got Ray. And it's a really nice, upbeat number. Yeah. Obviously, you know, me, me, me hasn't given all the answers. And, it, you know, this is where we get the scene where Miss Hedge calls them into the office. And makes her homophobic comments. Yes. And, you know, it's, it starts with her having that voicemail. So it's almost like she takes her aggression out on Jamie. Mm-hmm. But it still doesn't excuse anything that's said. It doesn't excuse anything. You're an adult. Sort your life out. Right? And the way that, you know, Ray and Margaret stick up for Jamie is fantastic here. Yeah. But essentially, Jamie cannot go to prom. In drag. In, yeah. That's the key word. Yeah. Is that she says, me, me, me is not welcome yeah. at prom. And she says there's been a complaint from a parent and she uses the term disgusting, which obviously upsets Jamie that he storms out because what the connotations of what that word means. Yes. Because this is Jamie dealing with that trauma. Mm-hmm. Jamie goes straight to Pretty's house and obviously... You know, again, we get the moment where Jamie's being a little bit louder and Pretty's constantly like, you need to stop shouting. I will get in trouble. And I really do like this moment where, you know, Pretty sings, it means beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, more palatable here. The pacing issues of the film are better because we have had some nice upbeat numbers. Mm-hmm. So that when we go into, you know, we're going into that ballad, 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 ballad kind of sequence of the the show it's a lot better because we've had some really nice upbeat songs and we've had a break as well with the film we don't have a break and i really like this one here i like that he's holding a buzz Lightyear toy yeah and it's really nice you know you get the sense of how much pretty and jamie mean to each other without it being too much yeah Obviously, Jamie leaves, gives her a kiss, and then you get Pretty doing the reprise of it. What's nice here is the fact that you obviously, we've had some nice depth to Pretty throughout this, that you see that she is dealing with her own issues. Mm-hmm. You know, she says, do you know why I wear this? It's because it's, it's, it's important for me. You know, Jamie doesn't understand in the, uh, her culture in the same way she doesn't understand Jamie's drag desire. Yeah. But the difference is, Pretty has asked her questions to help support, but Jamie hasn't. And I, I, I think this is a nice sequence and it grounds Jamie and it's very important that it's, you know, Jamie confides in Pretty and says, this is why I don't like that term, because of what my dad said. Yeah. But it also gives Jamie a chance to realise he needs to be a better friend. Jamie goes and confronts his dad mm-hmm. and basically learns that his dad wants nothing to do with him you know he goes to say thank you for buying me the dress and the flowers at my show and dad's like well, what show and dad says you are disgusting ugly in this ugly world it's well placed after that reveal yeah and it's very much this is the inciting incident of act two jamie now has to deal with the fact that he has no father but also that his mother has lied to him. 
Yeah, because he always thought that she was a bit useless. No, sorry. Jamie always thought that his dad was a bit useless. Like, he was rubbish and not around. But, like, oh, thanks, Dad. 20 quid. Brilliant. Yeah. You know? But finding out that none of that is true, he still held on to some of that belief in his dad as a person. Yes. Like kids do. Well, this is it. Like, obviously, the relationship with his dad is very, very damaged from this moment when he was young. Mm -hmm. But Jamie doesn't realise that his dad has disowned him completely. So he feels like, okay, but my dad might accept me at some point. Yeah. So hearing it here is far worse. Because it's just like the first point where Jamie started to deal with this trauma and he thinks he's overcome it. He goes straight back to... But I'm, I shouldn't feel this way anymore because I'm this beautiful, beautiful person. And especially because dad bought the dress and gave flowers. It was like dad's overcome the disgusting comment. Yeah. So it's even worse. And obviously I like that in terms of the narrative that you understand why Margaret has done all of this. Because she is trying to protect Jamie. But obviously the more she does it, the worse it is. Yeah. Because a lie is a lie. Yes. So Jamie goes home, confronts, rips the dress and storms out. Yep. And we get, he's my boy. Yeah. Interestingly, when, we'll talk about the song in a minute, but when the song finished, there were a group of women sat behind us who were like, wow, what an absolute showstopper. I was like, it's really interesting because they were right, I agree. Yes. Absolute showstopper. It was phenomenal. The performance, like, and the emotion and everything, it was incredible. I was like, it's interesting that that showstopper isn't Jamie. Yeah, especially because we've just had ugly in this ugly world. That that almost should be the showstopper. But I couldn't even tell you how that song goes. No, I. I That's one that really disappears for me. Yeah, and it's it's definitely a, a consequence of this pacing. Mm. But I do love He's My Boy. I think oh, it's yeah, I such... think it's great. And, you know, like you said with If I Met Myself Again, there's a lot of repetition, but the difference is it builds to this really satisfying end. Mm -hmm. it's, it's her dealing with these moments. And again, we've also just had the reveal before Jamie stormed out. It goes, where's your necklace gone? And she's like, oh, I sold it to pay for the dress. Yeah. yeah. So in a way, dad did buy the dress. <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically. But, like, the, you know, this is a big moment because it starts to show as well that Margaret is moving on. She's finally realised she's hanging on to the past. Mm -hmm. And it's very much she's slowly, slowly overcoming these things. Yeah. Just, but but hasn't had... You know she's on the verge of being honest with Jamie. You know, because she's yeah, starting... Yeah, she's nearly an adult. She's yeah. starting to see that. And she's starting to accept that his dad isn't a part of her life anymore. It's almost like she's lied to Jamie because she's in denial herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great song. People behind the spot on it is a showstopper. Yeah. And then we go into, and you don't even know it, the bus station. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a nice reprise of this song because it is bleak. A song that once represented Jamie being optimistic. This is Jamie broken. Yeah. We get the bullying from the homophobes. They assault Jamie. Push him around, take yep. his bag, which has nothing in it that they're interested no. in anyway. 
and Hugo saves him. Mm-hmm. And then it's is... like, oh my God, Jamie. <laughs> but it is very, very interesting because considering... It's like, his dad in the film. It is dad in the film. But like considering as well that Hugo is this substitute father figure, really isn't actually in this that much. Mm-hmm. You have Legend of Loco Chanel... Over He's the in top. a lot of Act One. Yes. But even if you just He's think... He's not in as any Hugo, of the songs until the finale. Yeah, you see him here and then you don't see him again until... Prom. Prom. Yeah, which is in a one song. Yeah. But it gives him a little bit of a talk. You know, and it is very much a... This, this bit of script is important that, you know, it, that Hugo's gay... Mm-hmm. that it's not all upbeat you know and you and then this is where he really addresses the fact that you know that my story of Loco Chanel isn't true yeah you know that I am Hugo and it's different when I put this on but this is the moment where it's, it's, he starts to really like there is no blurred lines like, yeah Hugo I am and Hugo. Mimi not Mimi Loco are two different people exactly it's like Jamie the problem is that you've been Jamie into me 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 and you've stayed as me 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 and you can't do that yeah which prompts jamie to go home but there's this wonderful moment as jamie's about to go in that ray comes out and ray says you need to start taking accountability your mum's not perfect mm-hmm. but she tries and you need to... like it's a really nice moment that you see that actually jamie has just lost his dad but he still has two other parents alongside mm-hmm. his mum yeah. you know, in Hugo and Ray that they both give him this truth he needs to move forward and then as mum cleans Jamie's wounds they sing My Man Your Boy which is fantastic and you know like Act 2 does go by really really quickly in the film the pacing is so off that it feels like it really drags and I remember getting bored 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 yeah. But here I'm just like, wow, we're we're basically at the end already. Because we've had all this stuff and now we're at prom. I know you have this nice song where all the year 11s come in and they're excited. They're in their finery. And I like when Pretty shows up and everyone's like, you're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Who's the other character in a hijab? Is it Fatima? I think it's Fatima, yeah. I really like... And Fatima um, runs off because she's got to get a more fancy hijab. Mm-hmm. And everyone everyone is like, oh, this is great. And I remember... Oh, yeah, because they have the same one. They're wearing the same one. And yeah. she's like, mum! <laughs> I really like this moment. And I think it does capture, like, what it is I almost at the end. Like, I've been to a lot of proms as a teacher. Well, we've seen High School Musical 3. Yeah. No one better wear the same dress as me. No. But what I also like is it's like, People, you know, you do see a lot of like, we are at the end here. And I'm just going to, I'm going to miss, you know, even if you weren't best friends, there's this moment I of like camaraderie. I hated that about my year 11 yeah. prom. I didn't want to go to my prom. I wasn't interested at all. But it was one of those like, oh, this is going to be so important for you to look back on. I look back on it and think I spent most of the time sat. I didn't dance at yeah. all. Spent most of the time just sat with my friends while <laughs> two of my friends were both in love with the same girl yeah and 
she had agreed to go with one of them and the other <laughs> one spent the entire night just sat on his own. And pining. Yeah, like staring at her. And I was like trying to make sure that he was okay. And I did not care about any of it. But I, what I really didn't like was everybody being like, oh, this is it. We're like, oh, I'm going to miss you so much. I was like, you bullied me for the last three years. I don't know why you're talking to <laughs> no, me. No, I know. And that, that's the thing is I see that anyway. And I feel that this show does a really good job of capturing what prom is like mm-hmm. that everyone's all nice and you obviously have dean come in and it's like oh my god it will make up you know and everyone is talking to dean like dean back off and you do have this really nice moment when pretty stands up to him and like swears at him and everyone's like oh, pretty said the f word you know everyone's amazed by her and then it, it, and i think the film captured it well this captured it even better mm-hmm. and then Jamie walks in in a really nice, simple, elegant dress and looks gorgeous. And everyone's like, oh, Jamie, you look great. And everyone's really supportive. You've got this nice bit as well where mum, Ray and Hugo sneak in, just kind of watch and take pictures. Mm -hmm. Dean is put in his place and he's the stage. And I, I do like it. It's like, I, I love what Pretty says. It's like, yeah, but you're this big fish and you're you're leaving the pond and you're going to have nothing, but I'm going to be something. And then everyone's getting ready to go inside the problem. Miss Hedge comes out. It's like, Jamie, no, you're not coming in. I told you, no. And everyone refuses. Yep. And it's brilliant. You know, neither Miss Hedge or Dean apologise. Neither of them deserve this redemption. They just go with it in the end. Which is yeah, anticlimactic. Because Miss Hedge is just like, oh, if the school is going to be so mad at me if we spent all this money and the re- kids refuse to go to prom. Yeah, they just stay outside. And it is great. You know, you get that camaraderie. And then <laughs> there's the nice moments that Ray and Margaret go out clubbing and she's like, yes, finally you're here. Let's go find you a man. And then jamie and dean have a moment and dean goes in you know he takes jamie's hand and there's this unspoken thing but i wish there was a spoken thing you know Mm -hmm. where dean acknowledges that you know i'm sorry i'm i'm in the wrong i didn't do enough to school and the fact that you're here being nice to me i don't deserve this and i'm sorry yeah like i don't want a full character change i just want him to realize the error of his ways and apologize to jamie yeah, there's a lot of that, of people like not being held accountable in this and not having to apologise. Because Jamie's like the only person that apologises for anything. Yeah, Jamie apologises to Pretty for being selfish. Jamie, His mum. Yeah, he apologises to a lot of people. Jamie's the only person who's been accountable here. And he's a child. And like, this is the thing. Obviously, it's a fictional version of a true story. Mm-hmm. And in the real world, people won't always apologise and be accountable so yeah. that's quite nice about this world that we're not setting up, you know, anyone to expect apologies. But I feel like it is missing from this. And it's something I thought that maybe this would address over the film. Yeah. You know, that Miss Hedge and Dean would apologise. They don't, which I still think is a shame. Yeah, especially because, like, while this is based on a true story, there are also a lot of. Uh, artistic liberties taken yes absolutely so jamie goes into prom and then we get our finale number 
which is really nice. Everyone's got some glitz and some glamour. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to have the scene with Jamie and Dean outside because it gives all the other year 11 a chance to get changed. Yeah. And then Jamie will go in and it gives him a chance to get changed. Well, everybody else is dancing. Yes. We've obviously got our drag acts that come back on. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that Jamie doesn't come out in full drag. You know, I no, really comes out as Jamie, and that's yes. the point. But there's a little bit of glam to Jamie as well that's really nice. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that Shane Ritchie comes out as Hugo, mm-hmm. but with like the like glittery stuff. Yeah, it's basically the same as the way that Jamie looks. Yeah, I'm glad that it's as themselves, mm-hmm. considering you know he wasn't loco for much. So it's nice that they come out as themselves. Yeah. And we get a really, really lovely finale song and... Out of the Darkness. Yeah, yeah. Out of the Darkness. Both really lovely songs to end on. High energy, big standing ovations. I love Jamie's final kind of pose in the doorframe. Mm-hmm. I I think it was a really fantastic way to end. And it was better than the film ending of like this weird parade on their street. Yeah. But yeah, Act 2 does go by very, very quickly. And I'm glad we don't have like the bit where Jamie tries to get even with his dad by embarrassing him and then gets assaulted at the football. That I'm glad that wasn't there. Yeah. That whole scene was really weird. It was hard to tell what they were supposed to be going for with that in the film. Yeah. Because it, it's almost like the film tried to make it out like this was all Jamie's fault. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Whereas this is very much that Jamie is a teenager led by emotions and struggling with it. Yeah. But this this does lead to this really nice ending where Jamie accepts himself and starts to see that he's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And drag isn't going to solve that, that problem for him. He's got to learn to love himself. Yeah. And I think the film lost that message at times. Favourite song? Loco Chanel. Were you satisfied with how it was performed yes it gave you everything you wanted yes it did and i loved it and you know what's really weird they don't credit um john paul McHugh, who plays like a virgin yes also played young loco chanel in the flashback but weirdly isn't credited for that but in real life is a drag queen that's very, very cool. Which is really cool. It's nice. I'm glad that they've got at least one actual drag queen. Yeah. I I did struggle with my best song with this one because actually the, this has so many more options. You know, I love And You Don't Even Know It and Everyone's Talking About Jamie. Both really good opening numbers for Act 1, Act 2. Wall In My Head was better. Mm-hmm. I really liked Limited Edition Prom Night Special. I loved He's My Boy. But I think I've got to agree... You know, Legend of Loco Chanel is such a great number because I loved everything about it. You know, the song, but also the action. And I'm going to put that as my best song simply because it's a new song for me. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that one. But, you know, Work of Art was great to see that live. Don't even know it was great. A lot of the songs I knew from the film were so much better this time round. Mm-hmm. Is your skip song going to stick as If I Met Myself Again? Yes. I would say for me it's between that and Ugly in This Ugly World. Mostly because I don't remember Ugly in This Ugly World. That's fair. That that was my other one. 
but you know both of them and i think it's interesting they're kind of similar like similar placements within their acts mm -hmm. that we know we're coming towards the end of the act here which is weird <laughs> not so much with ugly in this ugly world but it, it's kind of a a pause moment in act two that we could probably move things on much more especially because a better version of that song is going to be done mm -hmm. by he's my boy in a moment yeah which role do you want to play <laughs> i don't i do wouldn't you... want to be in the show yeah it's an interesting one like there is no role for me you know apparently there is you can play Loki chanel if you want i to. wouldn't however so genuine question here mm -hmm. the other drag acts because we only ever see them as their drag performers we don't actually know anything about their personal histories the legs 11 characters yeah. yes we don't know anything about them yeah so with them it doesn't matter if they're straight or not that's because... what so that's my question yeah have i missed something where they explicitly say no so i would i would 100 percent like to be one of those characters mm -hmm. um but again though i i think it's probably not appropriate for me to be one of those characters i think i tell you what what, what is interesting miss hedge doesn't have to be a miss hedge it could be a mr hedge yeah that's true I don't think it matters. I'm assuming it's based on a real person and that's why she's Miss Hedge. Yeah. I don't think it actually matters. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, not that I want to play that character, but that's one that I, I potentially could play. It's I was going to say. It, I don't think it's vital to the plot that it's a... Actually, it is. Because you've got the I like your shoes. Oh, yeah. That she's nice. So yeah, there is no one for me to play in this one outside of Dean. And I don't know how comfortable I feel about playing Dean. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for, you know, playing villainous characters like in Waitress. But I feel like Dean is a step too far. And also I'm probably too old to play a teenager. So there are no roles. I, I, but that's okay. You know, the one thing I've learned through doing this podcast is sometimes yeah. you have to cast the right actor with the right background for shows and that is important mm. who's your mvp though Peyton williams for sure yeah he was brilliant i loved the vulnerability but also the like enthusiasm and passion as jamie yeah and i've really wanted to see him performing in this show yeah i'm really glad that they've got like a west end jamie to do the touring of this like that's so phenomenal yeah and he's great so over to instagram we only did an instagram poll this week where 97 percent of people said yes they are a fan shine the spotlight on jamie only three percent of people said no co chanel mm -hmm. which is amazing you know clearly a very very popular uh, show we heard from Steph Jimmy on Instagram who said, I've seen three different actors perform Jamie on stage and have loved every one. However, I was so disappointed in the film for erasing the mum's perspective slash song similar to the Dear Evan Hansen film, What Is It With Movie Versions? And I completely agree. This film did not capture what makes this show so special. Like, this is the definitive Jamie experience. Mm-hmm. I gave it four stars. I think the only thing that I can really fault is the direction of Hugo. Yeah. 
slash the casting of Hugo. Don't get me wrong, Shane Ritchie excelled in certain things. Yes, and was a good singer and performer, but not, this isn't the role for him. Yeah, and you know, there are still some songs I don't think hit maybe what they want to with the ones we've discussed as our skip songs. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I really enjoyed this and I would see this show again, 100%. Yeah. Unlike the film, which I don't, I, I wouldn't be sad if I never watched the film again. So continuing with our trend of really positive LGBTQ plus shows. Yeah. Next week, I think we are going to have a show that probably will build on that momentum of everyone's talking about Jamie, but m- more so with maybe more success. Mm-hmm. What live show are we going to be talking about next week? But I'm a cheerleader. The musical. Yes, adapted from the movie of the same name. I have never seen the movie. I have no idea what this is about. I just know that it is very, very gay. I have seen the movie a bajillion times. And I'm very excited to learn all about it. Mm -hmm. We're then going to continue our season of live theatre. You know, it seems to be the trend is we're going to talk about one we've seen in an alternative format and then one I've never seen at all. Yes. After But I'm a Cheerleader, it's Singing in the Rain. It sure is. And that will be our two-year anniversary episode. Which is fitting because that's one of the very few musicals that we've covered that you have, by choice, rewatched. Yes. And then we're going to end with a Sondheim. Mm -hmm at uh, the Southwark Playhouse which is appropriate because it's the place we went to for our first bit of live theatre when we started this podcast yeah. and we're able to see live shows again we're going to see Anyone Can Whistle yes, uh, thank, an interesting one. it will be thank you to Jared Good who told me about yeah, that and basically pushed us in, in that, that direction mm-hmm. of course you can get yourself involved in the conversation over on Twitter and Instagram in the meantime tell us your thoughts on Jamie but also tell us your thoughts on any of the upcoming musicals we're going to be watching if you've seen them or if you want to see them uh, let us know your thoughts you can subscribe to us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms we are available on Apple Podcasts on Spotify on Google Podcasts on the Amazon Music app under the podcast section of the library you can find us on Stitcher Good Pods and Podbean our OG hosts And if you like what we do, you can head over to any of those platforms and you can leave us a five-star review or go to podchaser.com and tell us what you enjoy about this show. But until next week, where we go over to America for But I'm a Cheerleader, we will see you same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical Monday.